Hi, I'm Teresa, owner of T3Fit, and you're listening to the T3Fit podcast, where scoliosis warriors and professionals come together. Here we talk about our scoliosis journeys and the emotional components it takes on from being a parent to being diagnosed with scoliosis and sometimes leading to surgery. It's a place where professionals share their expertise of treatments, from physical therapy to surgery, and so much more. So let's get started. Everybody, welcome to the T3 Fits podcast. On this episode, we have a really special guest. Uh, if you've seen what I do, you know that I'm really passionate about training with the mace. And one of my mentors with mace training is Rick Brown, otherwise known as at the real Mr. Mace Man. He has been training with the mace. I have personally worked with him in group coaching and privately. He's here to talk to us about the mace, the history of it, how he got into it the benefits of it, and where it's going. So, Rick, I'd like to welcome you to the show. Thank you so much, Teresa. I'm delighted to be here. I'm excited Absolutely. about this. Yeah, me too. Me too. <laughs> so, can you share with us, like, your journey with the MACE and how you, how it came into your world? Sure. Uh, uh, first of all, a slight correction on, on it. Okay, so, uh, you know, I've, I've always been a, a guy who liked working out ever since high school. And that was in the 70s in Southern California, where there was a strong bodybuilding consciousness. Uh, you know, Arnold Schwarzenegger was competing and things like that. We all wanted to be like him. And I worked out really, really hard, but I didn't look anywhere near those guys. I didn't look like them. Mm -hmm. And I was frustrated because I got stronger and I got in better condition, but I just didn't have that that taper or that look. And, you know, because I'm really tall, my limbs are really long. And uh, so I was frustrated, you know, but I never stopped working out. And around, around the Y2K era, around that time, okay. kettlebells, kettlebells became popular in the United States. And uh, I, I said, this, this is what, it's just one of those moments that you see something, you don't even have to touch one, you know it's for you. Yeah. And I knew it was for me. And uh, so... I went and I didn't want to just learn it. I wanted to learn to get certified and teach it. And at that time, in I think 73 or four, um, there was, you had to go to Minnesota to get certified. That was the only place. Wow. Okay. And yeah, and you had to go. And uh, now you can get certified anywhere. But uh, at the time, it was really a small, small uh, clique uh, community. And uh, so I went uh, to, to Minnesota, I got certified as a base trader. I came back home. I had three base, uh, not base trader, a kettlebell trader. I had three mm -hmm. kettlebells, and uh, I, I, uh, my girlfriend told me she goes, if you think you could make a career out of that, I will support you and, and, and back you. And she has to this day. She's no longer my girlfriend. She's my wife, and um, uh, she's she's the biggest force behind any success I've had. But. Um, so I was a kettlebell trader and I was going to change the world. I was going to absolutely get everybody in fit, in fit condition and shape and just, uh, you know, just uh, 
it didn't happen. I was already in my 50s in Southern California, heavy youth consciousness, and people just did flock to a kettlebell trainer. I did get, you know, I had some clients and one of them uh, owned a video production company. He said, hey, I want to make a, a kettlebell a DVD. And he goes, I want you to be in it. I, I thought that was, this was great. So um, we made this DVD. It's a very good DVD. It's sold around the world. And one little part of the DVD, after teaching all the exercises, I took uh, a client out in the field and we went through a kettlebell workout with a few other things. And one of those other things was a base. Okay. And so when the, uh, the DVD started selling and when it was eventually put online, nobody gave me questions about kettlebell. They just wanted to know what that thing was. Okay. And I was ready to answer. And uh, uh, I saw that there was a big interest developing. So fast forward to 2013, after having just trained my, just only my private clients, what I trained uh, the base with, mm-hmm. I said, you know, I, I'm going to do a seminar. I'm going to do something. That, so I, I, I rented a gym. Uh, I got a photographer, I got a videographer, which is very important. Uh, if people don't see it, it never happens. And I advertised, and Teresa, 18 people showed up. Nice. And so <clears throat> when I was when I was done, and I was driving home, after I paid the videographer, I, I paid the gym owner, I, I paid the photographer, and everything, everyone else that had to be paid, I realized there was a nice profit. Um, but it was the, it was the, the 13 or 18 people that showed up that really got me excited. Mm-hmm. And I thought, well, can, can I do this again? Can I do this? And I did do it again and again and again. Uh, you know, like they say, lather, rinse and repeat. That's what I did. Mm-hmm. Uh, always in the, from the Los Angeles to San Diego area. Okay. Um, and then I had a gym contact me. Um, and they were from Northern California. And this is a very important part of the story. Uh, it'll come back later. Uh, this June asked me to come up to uh, Northern California. So I rented a van. I filled it with bases. Uh, my wife and I drove up to Salinas, California, six and a half hour drive. Mm-hmm. And I presented my seminar there. And it went over very well. About Again, about 15, 15 people showed up. Uh, and then I got a call a month later from a gym in Albuquerque. And I said, wait a minute, Albuquerque, New Mexico, I'm in California, you've got to fly me out. You've got to pay my fee. You've got mm-hmm. to uh, put me up in a hotel. And they said, yeah, no problem. Okay, so Teresa, you, gotta, you have to understand at this time around 2015, I'm actually being paid to fly somewhere to teach yeah. what I love to talk about. And, uh, it went very well there. Mm-hmm. Uh, the gym was a great mix of, of uh, old and young, male and female. Mm-hmm. And so I was really happy about that. Um, and But I thought when I'm flying back from Albuquerque, I said, this is as good as it gets. It could never be this good. This is the greatest thing that could ever happen. Um, <laughs> you know, well, lather, rinse, and repeat. I get a contact. This time it was on my uh, computer. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and uh, the gym owner says, we'd like to have you come and do your uh, certification at our gym. I said, okay, I'm in California. If you're not in California, you have to fly me out, pay my fee. You're free to charge whatever you'd like, um, but you pay my fee, fly me out and put me up in a hotel and fly me back. And the guy says, no problem. So I, I said, where, where are you located, sir? And he said the name of the city. The city was called Kilmallock. Okay. And I know from what little geography I know as, as an American that the state of Texas has a lot of cities that start in K. Okay. Kilimont, Kenmont. And uh, I said, are you in Texas? Now, had he have been speaking to me on the phone, I would have known by an accent that he's not an American. Mm -hmm. He said, no, sir, I'm not in Texas. I'm in Ireland. And I said, I texted back to him. And this is the truth. I texted back to him. Do you mean Leprechaun Ireland? <laughs> and there was a long pause. And he said, yes, sir. Leprechaun Ireland. Well, I better go get a, a passport. I didn't have one. So I got a passport. Mm -hmm. Went, Had the most wonderful time in Ireland. I've since been back there three times. Uh, at diff in different cities. I've been to North Ireland. That led to a couple I did, three in England, one in Norway, uh, two in Italy. Uh, it's gone as, it's been as crazy as uh, I've swung the base on the Great Wall of China and on the London Bridge. And uh, and you recently went to Germany. Yes, Germany. Yeah. I, I didn't think I'd ever go there. And yeah. Germany is a wonderful country and the people are very, very friendly and the food is fantastic. However, yeah. for any for any of you traders out there that may uh, wish to uh, do a seminar in uh, in Germany, I will caution you that Germans are extremely punctual people. If you say the seminar starts at eight o'clock, be there at seven thirty. Start setting up yep. because they will be there. They will all be there. Do not come late. But I had a great time there. I lived there for seven years. So. Oh really? <laughs> yeah. Well, then you know what I'd say. I know exactly what you're talking about, and I, I was, uh, my grandmother was German, so. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but well, sorry, think... continue. Uh, okay, well, so so numbers wise, I've done 56 uh, uh, public presentations, uh, um, maybe two, two or three dozen private certifications. Yours was one of them. Yep. Um, and you came to one of my public ones. Thank you very mm -hmm. much in New Jersey. Um, and uh, I, I don't think I've even scratched the surface of what I'm, what I'm going to do in, in, this, uh, in this calling. Uh, I'm still excited about it. I still get excited driving to the airport, you know. And uh, I like meeting new people. By far, the, the best part of the whole base journey for me mm -hmm. hasn't been the money that I've made, hasn't been the places that I've been to but rather it's been the people that I have met and yeah. the friendships that I have made. And, and when you talk about that, I mean, I know what the MACE has done for me and I know what it's done for people that have worked with you as well. But what, do you, <coughs> what does it do for you? Like when you're swinging the MACE, where does it bring you? Because for Good. me, it's, it's very, it's a meditative process, right? Okay. And, Good question. Uh, and I have, I have a good answer. Uh, uh, for 46 years now, although mm -hmm. I have been a forklift operator, and okay. I'm actually better with a forklift than I am with a base. Okay, I was talking with uh, 
another base trader is Eaglin Paul Gray, and he, he's a warehouse worker too. And we both admitted that we're better with forklifts than we are with base. But uh, as a forklift operator, I'm easily replaceable. If I call in sick one day at work, they just get somebody else. Um, but if Mr. Maceman doesn't show up for a seminar, doesn't happen. So uh, swinging the base has given me uh, a feeling of my own self-importance, but it's a creative feeling because I realized that it's not the linear type of lifting that I did as a young man and that I struggled with. Mm -hmm. This circular orbital type of training is either it was made for me or I was made for it. I don't know. I like to say that uh, I didn't choose the base. The base chose me. Yeah. Uh, that's how I feel. So the feeling when I swing a base, I feel like I'm doing what I need to be doing. It just feels right. And what's the longest that you've ever swung for? Because I talked with Paul and I think he, he told me he swung his he swung maces warming up and getting into it for 40 minutes and i was shocked okay well um on new year's eve 2011 mm -hmm. i did 2011 reps with a 10k base and i was just sure that that was going to get me on on tv and newspapers and it, all it got me was sore elbows but um and and, and calluses on my hands but uh, that that took a couple of hours, you know, um, and believe me, we have we have people who have done much much more um, in Canada. The base gym a gym owner uh, that goes by the, the moniker um, Frank and Legs. Okay, we all know everyone in the base world knows him. He's famous for doing uh, 10, 12 hour uh, base swings. Wow. Yeah, he he he. He might even got on to discredit him because he may have even gone longer than that. Okay. And and talk to us about the variety of maces. Cause I know when when I came out to California, there's the hydro mace. You know, can you share with us that and how what's the difference with them? Okay. Uh, basically a mace is a stick and a stone. It's a, a weight at the end of a long pole sometimes longer than others, generally about three to four feet. Uh, sometimes the bases are made out of steel. Originally, they were bamboo sticks in stone or in a like a pot of cement that, that dried. Mm -hmm. uh, and some people have, you know, they have this connection that a base has to be made out of wood or a base has to be made out of steel. I really don't, uh, I like them all, okay, so. I have the ball. Um, I don't pick sides like that. But there are some bases that are made of steel, but they fill with water. Mm -hmm. And uh, I was in uh, Kansas once, and there was a guy there who had a PVC pipe that he put into a cement pot, and it dried. The cement was the weight of the base. PVC, you know, it, it bends and it sways. Yeah. And even like an eight-pound base was very difficult to use because it didn't okay. stop when you stopped. It kept going. Yeah. It, was, it yeah. whipped around. So basically, though, the base handle is a rigid, uh, whether it's made of steel or wood, it's not going to move much. And uh, 
the weight at the end of it. I prefer a longer base. Some people like shorter bases. Mm -hmm. It all it all makes a little bit of a difference, but not a lot of difference. Uh, it's not as drastic as driving an automatic car than being put into a stick shift car and you don't know what to do. No, it's a base. You know what to do. Let's, okay. let's not make this more complex than it is. Okay. It's very simple. And what did when you first started swinging a mace, what did you use? Did you use the gata, the original form with the stick and the concrete, or did you use steel or no, wood? I used a, a, a steel base, rather long handle. I think it was 48 or 52 inches long. Okay. And it was 10, 10 kilograms. So that was pretty much the only thing that was available. Okay. Um, as more and more people got involved in the base, uh, uh, remember I told you I went to Northern California and I taught at a gym up there. The nucleus of those trainers all moved to Austin, Texas, and they were the nucleus of the group called Audit now. And Audit started making uh, steel bases, and they started mm -hmm. calling them steel bases. Before Audit, people just called it a base or a base okay. bell. Okay. Uh, and Audit started making bases that were like five pounds, mm -hmm. six pounds, seven pounds. Prior to that, I don't think anybody was doing flow because a base was 10, 10 kilograms uh, and it just didn't lead. I may be wrong, but I'm pretty sure of that. Uh, flow started when very light bases began to be made. Okay. That makes sense. Just because if you're going to try to flow with a 10 kilo, I mean, so I'm sure some people can, but. Well, it's... some people have, have done flow with much, much heavier loads than 10 kilograms, but at first nobody was. Yeah. Okay. And, and what, I, I know that you said that you don't favor anyone in particular, but do you have a favorite that you like most swinging with? A favorite base? Yeah. Uh, I love the feel of a wooden base. I love the feel of it. I, it's hard to describe to somebody who doesn't swing a base. Yeah. But for all practicality and, and all uh, ease of uh, application, uh, an ADEX adjustable base, uh, one piece, one unit can go from seven pounds to 30 pounds, which will, which will work well for 95% of the population. Mm -hmm. if, if you have one addicts base. That's all you need. You could trade you could trade a ballerina or a linebacker yeah. and everybody in between. So yep. I would have to say that's I would have to say that that's my okay. Favorite. Yeah I was just talking with somebody recently about the addicts and because it's just a beautiful piece and the, you can increase the load. Yes. And uh you know it's it's I mean I haven't seen any maces that match that magnitude um and they're just there they're sleek and they're elegant and this leads me to my next question for you uh, you know often people name their maces because swinging a mace is intimate um do you name your maces uh allow me to blow my own horn here but at least on the internet i believe i was the first person that named my maces Okay. What, and, what, uh, what are their names? <laughs> well, remember, I have about 35 bases. So, uh, how about five? Give us five. Okay. How about uh, Sue, Crystal, Anne, 
that's tsunami, anthrax, crystal meth, uh, and uh, there's uh, <laughs> there's also uh, uh, my green mace is is named Lorena uh, Bobbit. Don't ask why, okay? Don't ask why. Uh, but it's you know I I don't know why I just started naming uh, maces after ladies. Okay. It, it doesn't have any romantic thing. It's nothing like that. My father was a World War II pilot. Okay. Uh, bomber pilot, and they all named their planes after ladies. Okay. And kind of in honor of that, I did the same thing with the bases, and uh, uh, you know, so that's all. Just but, keeping it simple. What and... What's that? Just keeping it simple with names, and so do the yes. names. Well, let me ask you this: There are some people who might be listening to this, and they don't even know who Lorena Bobbitt is. Oh, do we have to? <laughs> No, we're Look not going to touch. She's we're on, not going to touch that. Yeah, but, she's all on the internet. <laughs> but 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 one mace is named uh, anthrax. So is is that during was that mace named during the anthrax scare? No, not at all. A okay. Anthrax is is very powerful, and the anthrax mace that I have was uh, very thick, short, and brutal, okay. not for beginners. Okay. Okay. I was just wondering if each name like was associated with a popular time in the oh, States. No, I, I haven't I haven't thought of that. Okay. I haven't I haven't thought of that. So I was like uh, Lorena Bobbitt, Anthrax. Yeah. It would no, kind of no. make sense. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, one of the mesas I got in Ireland, um, I wanted an Irish name and mm -hmm. I didn't know too many, you know, but um, a very, very common Irish name is Eileen. Okay. And so Eileen is, is my six foot long black water filled mace. Okay. How many hydro maces do you have? Uh, I, I just have two or three. Okay. I had, I had four at one time. Okay. But uh, I, I, I gave, I gave one away. Okay. I'm my, my next question or questions for you is, who is the youngest that you have trained with a mace? And who is the oldest that you have trained with a mace? Oh, good question. Youngest. And, 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 and to add on to that, what were their reactions after training? Like, what did they share with you through this movement of swinging concrete with a stick of wood or steel? I, I would okay. I would have to say the youngest person that I trained. This was informally, informally, not at a seminar. This was mm -hmm. me, me uh, training a gentleman and his son. I think he was fifteen. Okay. okay. I have seen others on the internet, seven, eight-year-olds. Uh, you have to understand this is a business for me, and in order to be insured, I, I just, I can't, yeah. can't train someone seven years old. Yeah. Um, in a public setting like that, okay. Um, I did a seminar in San Diego a year ago, and my 70-year-old sister attended, and she went through the whole thing. She did very well. Mm -hmm. I was very proud of her. I, I told her at the start, uh, my sister Linda, I said, Linda, there's a big pile of bases over there. Get the long gray one. It only weighs about four pounds. So she got that one. I gave her a break. She's my older sister. And, um, but in England, in Durham, England, 
I did a seminar in 2016, I think it was. And a lovely, lovely young, uh, I call her young at heart woman, 81 years old. And uh, and I believe she, I, I was hesitant at first, mm -hmm. but she said if she couldn't use one of the bases, she was going to go get a sledgehammer and she went and got a sledgehammer. I said, put the sledgehammer down, honey. I said, we'll give you any base here you want. At 81 years old, and she did a great job. Rock on. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. So, so what you're saying with all of this, which I think we all know when training with the mace, is that there's no boundaries. No boundaries. No boundaries of age. You know. Yeah, no, no boundaries. Uh, yeah. And believe me, I, I've been to India where the mace originated. Mm -hmm. And I can assure you, there are men well over 80 years old swinging a base. Very and, well, too. And do they have to stand on with with the longer maces? Do they are they standing on clay bricks? I see them standing on clay bricks when they use uh, the one in each hand, which is called a jory. Mm -hmm. okay. and, and some of them are so long that that and I'm a pretty tall guy, but even I would have to stand on bricks. Okay. Um, but generally, I didn't see anybody use a mace long enough in India uh, that, that would require them to stand on bricks. I have a seven-foot-long mace, and I posted videos with it. Uh, the, the great mace swinger from Holland, Harbert, uh, the, the flowing Dutchman, he, he took the mace to the beach. Uh, he and Eric Doyle, my friend, mm -hmm. and they got great, they got great uh, uh, film footage. It's out there. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I that's my longest is a seven foot base. That and you're 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 I want you're six four. Am I right? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and so I'll stand I'll stand on a chair when I when I use that base. Okay, okay. And so so Rick, I would like to um just kind of you know I love the fact of of what we said that that the mace has there's no boundaries right, um, and just that it's you have. You are, for me, you are one of the founding members of this, and you have taken it globally. Um, and 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 you, as you've said, you you're not even you're just getting started, or you're not even started. But like the fact that you have brought us all into this world of meditation, I'm going to call it, swinging something that uh, people often refer to as badass, which it is anything but um but but share with us if somebody wants to reach out and talk to you about training with a mace or how do they get started where is the best place that they can find you to do this okay the best place to get me is on instagram at the real mr mace man uh or on facebook just my name rick brown but i spell my name r-i-k um you could also look up Rick Brown on, on YouTube, but if you don't spell it R-I-K, if you do traditional R-I-C-K, I think that Rick Brown is a, a black rapper in London. So he doesn't swing a mace and I don't, and I don't do rap. So. And, and he's not 6'4". Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So um, yeah, Instagram's the best place to get me right now. Okay. And, and believe me, if somebody contacts me, uh, I have two online courses I sell, but but uh, long before I, I offer that to somebody, 
I have dozens of free videos on YouTube under my name, and many of them are, are very instructional. Okay. Well, Rick, I would like to thank you for coming on to the show and talking about MACE training and your journey with it and just the people that you have impacted, because I am one of them uh, who has been greatly impacted by your teaching and your philosophy and your passion. So I would like to thank you again for coming on the show of the T3Fit Scoliosis podcast. If anybody has any questions for Rick, please feel free to reach out to him. He will definitely be answering you. And yeah, Rick, thanks for being a guest on the show. Thank you, Teresa. And remember what I told you when I met you, that your connection to the spinal fused community gives you a, a doorway that most of us won't get and makes you the authority for the base in that, in that niche, in that world. Thank you. And you're an example that somebody with a fused spine can be an excellent base winger. Thank you. If you'd like to know more about what it's like trading with a mace, go to my page at t3fit.com or you can find me on Instagram also under t3fit. If you like this episode, chances are there's someone else out there who needs to hear it too. So it would be a huge favor to me if you'd go ahead and give us a five-star review. It helps me get the message out to more people. And if you need help moving in pain, then download my five free tips and I'll catch you on the next episode.